1: The Tennessee Titans are destined to regress. We talk about that and more.
2: You are listening to KC sports network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas city sports fans with former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives and former insiders. This is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by m Bank, your partner in possible.
1: KC Laboratory, sponsored by m Bank. It's the Casey Laboratory presented by m Bank. You may not get Alexa to fold the laundry, but you can transfer money with voice banking. Transfer money, make loan payments, get your routing number, and even find ATMs while making dinner or the TV timeout of the Chiefs game. Uh, M-Prize Bank, our partner, Impossible, member FDIC. They're absolutely wonderful to work with. Uh, absolutely wonderful to work with is my dear pal, Matthew Lane. Uh, We're getting ready to preview uh, the Buccaneers or the 49ers and the Titans games. But Maddie, before we even start, who wins? Two Titans or 150 49ers? That's how Tucker's handicapped this one. Well, okay,
2: so this is something we do before every single one of these that you guys have not been privy to until now. And if you go check out Tucker D Franklin on Twitter you can see all of these polls but this is the question that we start off our little uh, meetings with to figure out how this is going to go um we went with two titans versus 150 49ers and listen like i wanted to give the 49ers a chance you know cuz like i've watched three episodes of gold rush in my life they know how to blow stuff up right so like you think they might have a chance but i mean come on titans
1: really titans so like greek mythology there's no chance of tit- like if we're lining up every if we're lining up every mascot, this mythical figure is going to win. And amazingly, so Tucker has has put up a poll and he's caught everybody he's catching everybody up on all this. only only 63 percent of you think two Titans would win at this juncture. Counterpoint though, I do have a counterpoint. like a
2: 49er probably not Greek. Probably doesn't believe in Greek mythology, therefore Titans don't exist. Like, how does that play out? Like, grizzled guy panning for gold in a river of the mountains of Nevada. Like, he doesn't he doesn't think a Titan exists. So, like, you know, if a mythological being isn't there, how can you lose a fight to it? You Know what I mean?
1: There is nothing you can't, Maddie. Answer. I don't think that's a Maddie answer. That's a
2: that's philosophical. A, oh,
1: no, that's a that's that is. Looking All right, so we're working on the loophole. Uh,
2: Francisco 49ers for the team.
1: Yeah, it's it's game preview time. That's what we've been doing uh, every Thursday show. And we are on to week seven. The Chiefs travel to the San Francisco 49ers. Matthew, what do you think about the quality of the roster for the Niners?
2: Overall, it's pretty good. I think you can poke some holes in this roster. I don't think their offensive line outside of Trent Williams has been quite as good as they had hoped for from two years ago when they were in the Super Bowl. And I think you can start to see a few holes start to pop up when you glance through it. The secondary hasn't always played up to the level that they've needed it to. The linebacker group is you know, centered around Fred Warner, who's great, but not a lot of other impact guys there. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's a quality roster. It's just kind of they have a few issues in key spots. Not even issues just Average play in key spots that I think kind of drags it down, and then when you're dealing with a team that up until this year has been running Jimmy Garoppolo out at quarterback, you can't have average play at key spots and then only have average or below average quarterback play and expect to be okay week in and week out. I think that's kind of where their issue has come along, but even still, even with those things, you've seen how well they've done in the playoffs, you saw their playoff push last year what they can do they made to the super bowl not that long ago like they're still like very competent and quality roster top to bottom i just think they either need garoppolo to step up they need trey lance to be that guy or they have to somehow get more assets to start filling out these issues at key areas like i said finding another playmaker or two in the secondary shoring up that offensive line outside of trent williams you fix those things and then you don't need great QB play. But in 2022, if you don't have a perfect team outside of the quarterback, the quarterback has to carry the team and Jimmy Garoppolo just can't do that.
1: Yeah, definitely some questions for me when I look at the quality of this roster. You know, the construction of the offense is always interesting to me. Obviously, there are some stars. Like I think Debo Samuel's a star, Trent Williams, um, Brandon Ayuk very up and down. Uh, Jawan Jennings has had a solid NFL career to this point for being a seventh round pick, but, um, you know, I don't know if he's a, he's necessarily a world beater. Um, it's, it's, it's a unproven group with a ceiling that's not necessarily as high, I think as maybe other rosters in the NFL, uh, very, very good. And there's definitely some blue chips. Um, but it's also, you know, I, some of these blue chips are at some of the positional value, some less positional value, like linebacker and Fred Warner, even though he's an absolute game changer. Uh, I will fight you I, that I
2: Fred Warner doesn't matter. So uh, he
1: matters. He, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's like one of the few linebackers that matters, but still, uh, quality of the staff, though, is why this team was in the NFC championship a game, uh, again last year, Matty.
2: It was uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan's one of the best offensive minds in football. I think I made a case a couple of years ago that he might be coming for that number one spot. I'm going to back off of it a little bit because a part of that is his decision to keep running out a limited quarterback, but some parts of his offense can be limited in terms of pushing the ball all over the field and stretching the field in every direction. Is that a Jimmy Garoppolo problem or is that a Kyle Shanahan problem? Cause you kind of have to remember he picked Garoppolo. He's picked some other guys that haven't necessarily stretched the field vertically that often. So that's his only flaw, but he's still one of the best offensive minds. And then Demeco Ryans, one of the hottest defensive coordinator names going around this last uh, trans- or last offseason for a head coaching or a better, newer defensive coordinator job. What he's done with that defense, but that secondary not only wasn't very good to start, but was injured nonstop last year. And I mean, they were playing lights out their rotations against the Packers. Like they were playing, you know, match coverage stuff left and right. But I would have such a hard time drawing off some of the stuff they did because they had guys that weren't playing how you would traditionally play. They had guys that were playing different techniques on the coverage that they just knew what the route was going to be and the way they were rotating. And a lot of it does center around how good Fred Warner is. But Demeco Ryan's found a way to weaponize having the best middle linebacker in the NFL and how to make this average, the secondary around them play relatively well for most of the season.
1: Yeah. You can't, you can't speak enough of the, you know, offensive coaching staff too. Uh, And you think about, you, you know, we talked about, okay, like the offensive line isn't particularly great. The offensive weapons were a little up and down, but I mean, Kyle Shanahan continue to find ways to maximize the talent of that group, but I'm not trying to disparage the talent entirely because that is a very, very good group, uh, out there. Debo Samuel's utilization. You know, you saw that they found a way to get him the ball with some consistency and some of that consistency was putting him behind center and, and, uh, you know, running the football and, and handing the ball off to him. So, um, creative, they maximize the talent of the guys around them to the point where, again, I think they play above their heads. I think they elevate themselves above, uh, above their talent level relative to some of the other teams in the National Football League. Um, new additions, Matthew. I there's some I, I could see you going one place. We'll we'll see where it goes.
2: They actually don't have that many though. Like I was, I th- I would assume we're talking about Charvarius Ward here. Yeah, so, like, I think that's the obvious one. But I mean, outside of him, like they had some draft picks that are going to be worth mentioning, but not a lot. So it's not a team that added a lot of new players, but they did go out. They spent some money and signed Charverius Ward, who was coming off of his best season with the Chiefs. I think he like perfectly fits what that 49ers defense likes to do. He's going to be great in this base cover three stuff with a lot of this match zone coverage. He's going to be allowed to be physical. Like it fits how he plays really, really well. I just, I do wonder switching systems from Steve Spagnuolo's system who kind of found a way to maximize what Ward does by limiting what he's asked to do in terms of the versatility and then just putting him in one spot, having him do one thing, you know, the majority of the time, will the 49ers do that? Will they ask him to be more versatile? I don't know, but like they do at least, you know, he's a good addition because he gives them their best cornerback on the roster that they've probably had since the few games where Richard Sherman was playing at a high level and they had him three years ago.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he's tailor-made for that defense. It's It's a great fit for him. And I think obviously the Niners recognize that too, because they went out and paid him a, a decent chunk of change. Uh, another new addition is Drake Jackson, the defensive end uh, out of SC. Who's You know, he's not having to go, you know, too far. He's staying in state uh, and playing for the 49ers. And obviously he was a guy that we all kind of talked about a lot over the course of draft season uh, you know, a lot of raw traits, maybe he hasn't completely put it all together yet, but there's definitely some flashes and some intriguing, uh, you know, athletic profile, physical profile, and the pressure's not on him right off the bat to, to be a, you know, a, a major contributor. Um, you know, they can, you know, they, they have enough guys around them and, you know, they've, they've added some interesting lottery tickets. I know they traded for Charles Lemenihue last year. Uh, they signed Kamoko Ture this year. So they've got some veteran presence there along as well, but um, you know, Drake Jackson's an, an intriguing guy uh that, you know, by this time in the season, you might get a little look at him. Uh he's, I believe, the first pick that they had in the entirety of the draft, because I don't think that they had a first round pick uh because of the Trey Lance trade. Uh players to watch, Maddie. Hmm. I'm gonna go Debo
2: Samuel. Uh a lot of trade talks coming through this off Uh you know, there's some pushback that he doesn't want to play this slot back position and he's still getting paid. He's going to go out there and play. There's no questions about that. He wasn't traded. I have no doubts. He's going to go out there and play, but what does it look like if Kyle Shanahan and that offensive coaching staff decide to just use him as a receiver. I understand that he was very good in the metrics, you know, efficiency-wise and analytics-wise as just a receiver earlier in the year, but that offense clearly started clicking more when they started utilizing him as a runner and getting him the ball in more ways but he's clearly pushing back against that. So what happens if they go about using him as this slot back again, and he's not taking on full contact from linebackers every time he touches the ball, what happens if he is angling to get out of bounds to preserve his body and last longer in the NFL, rather than being beat up all the time, How does that play out? Do they transition him back to that usage that he saw early in the year where he was just a really, really good wide receiver? It's like I think that's kind of the key. What does this offense look like, and how do they use Debo Samuel when you come up off this offseason where he was clearly trying to get out a little bit based on the way they were overusing him or making making him take too many hits for what he felt he should be taking?
1: I really wanted to go with George Kittle as the player to watch, Um, but I think I've got to go with Trey Lance. Because it, by all indications, Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback of this team this year. Sounds like they've all but handed him that opportunity. They're not really, it doesn't seem like they're particularly interested in giving Jimmy Garoppolo that that job. It sounds like it's Trey still, so, you know, it's uh, Trey's, it's not even Trey's. I just think, I think they're rolling with Trey Lance. And Trey's the guy that they're hoping can elevate the ceiling of this football team. The guy that can, you know, help ascend uh, this team beyond you know some of the paint by numbers Jimmy Garoppolo operation that they've had but they've had a lot of success with you know obviously it's been a very consistent um you know product when the group's healthy uh because they've had a lot of success a couple NFC championship games a Super Bowl appearance an 11 point lead in the Super Bowl you know uh or t- uh it was a 10 was a 10 point lead in the Super Bowl uh but i i just I'm fascinated to see if he's able to to elevate this team enough, and you know if they can live with some of the mistakes that he makes as a young quarterback, or if he makes a ton of mistakes or gets positioned. Like, you know, this offense is kind of well fit for, in some ways, well fit for a young quarterback because they can lean on the run game, they can lean on Trey Lance's legs as he develops as a passer too. And so, I'm really interested to see uh, the Trey Lance experiment. And he should be more than settled by this time of the season. Uh, how, I got a question
2: t- for you. No, I got a question for you though. How bad does Trey Lance have to be for him to get replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo during the season? Not because of injury. Like, what does that look like? What is the point in which Kyle Shanahan says, okay, I need to start winning now and not developing what's the record have to be, or just like, you know, generally how bad do we think Trey Lance has to be?
1: It's definitely record driven. I think because I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo was really bad for stretches last season as well. So yeah. If by the time the Chiefs are in town and they're one in five, that might be enough. But even then, like at that point, I I don't know. I think Kyle Shanahan has enough grace that they're probably going to let him ride it out with this team and let him ride it out with the mistakes of Trey Lance. So I don't know. I let's I, I think.
2: say let's say they're three and three and Trey Lance hasn't been good. He hasn't been a disaster, but he definitely has not been good. He's been more bad than good. Do you think you see a Brian Flores in Miami situation where they want to go back to the veteran that is going to win them more games? Do you want to go back to the veteran that might get you into the playoffs and a chance to make a run? rather than developing the younger guy who is clearly struggling. When you have enough talent, we talked about, they have enough talent around a competent quarterback to at least knock on the door of the playoffs or make it in. They've proven that. Do they go back to what's tried and true or do they ride through the rough patches with a young quarterback?
1: I think they ride it out. 100%. Like, I think I, 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 I don't think I mean, you can't waste another year of Trey Lance of the Trey Lance experiment. He's going to you know, you've got to find out now you've got to find out sooner rather than later and continually kicking the can down the road for the known commodity, the safe play that. Yeah, you've had some success. You haven't been able to you haven't been able to achieve, you know, and th- this team isn't as good as the team that went to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, no, you've you've got to ride it out with Trey Lance, I think. Uh, how does this team beat the Chiefs, Matthew?
2: I I find it, I do don't see an easy path for this 49ers team beating the Chiefs. We've had a lot of teams so far doing these where it's kind of been oh it's a toss up if both teams play well or if this certain player or team gets kind of hot, you can easily see them outscoring the Chiefs or slowing them down. This team looking at it on the surface I don't know if I see a very easy, direct path to them beating the Chiefs. I think it would have to be a little bit of an off day from Mahomes and company. I think you would have to have Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, take a huge step forward and start being kind of that guy that was hyped up in the draft process, Eric Armstead, Drake Jackson, just somebody stepping up in this defensive line dominating Fred Warnery racing the entire, you know, middle of the field, this secondary gelling together with Demeco Ryan's. Like it would have to be a stellar defensive performance while the Chiefs also are a little bit off their A game because I I don't have as much faith that Trey Lance is going to hit the ground running. I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains based on what we've seen from him at college and when he did play last year. So like, I don't think it'll be easy for them to put up a lot of points on most teams, the Chiefs included. So it would have to just be on the back of a great defensive game.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's the defensive line beating up the Chiefs' offensive line because uh, there's still plenty of talent there. Arik Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, or that Nick Bosa guy, and you know maybe some of these other guys, these secondary pieces we talked about, uh drake jackson kamoko torre i mean the samson ebukam um kind of a lighter guy um but yeah they, they you know they throw there's some intriguing bodies out there um so it, it it takes some of those guys you know getting really hot up front and running the football with great success you know if the if the if the niners can run the football to the kind of clip that they've been able to where you know the the helplessness you you feel watching some sometimes against this team uh debo gets hot i mean that's it but i'm still not banking on it non hold on hold on
2: we have a new question that you do not put in the rundown i don't know why you hate the new question which non-mahomes player could the chiefs give the 49ers to make them the best version of themselves
1: uh which non-mahomes player could the could the chiefs give the niners um yeah. travis kelsey i'm just kidding <laughs>
2: That was no that's my answer. I can only imagine. I can only imagine what Kyle Shanahan would do with Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, that's Travis fair. Kelsey, and Trent Williams doing whatever the heck they keep doing with Trent Williams. I can just only imagine and then Debo, can you just what does that offense look like? I can't even really picture it. It's like uh it maybe not the smartest move, but it's definitely the move I'd want to see the most because I think that would actually be fascinating to watch. And he's the one offensive corner that would find a way to make it work the best, I think.
1: Are we allowed to consider Orlando Brown. No. <laughs> I don't know if he's a great fit. No, um, the
2: tackles are okay. Like I don't think Mike I, McGlinchey's
1: been good, yeah. but he's
2: not been. He's not their worst offensive lineman, right? It's like I, Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney. I think are probably smart. The smart, safe bets here um i thought about justin reed to play strong safety and pair him with jimmy ward that would give them two safeties in this defense that likes to move these pieces around like there's a lot of good options but i like the fun factor of kelsey kittle use and debo all on the field together
1: who's the chiefs not mahomes mvp matthew
2: Well, the last time these two teams played, Travis Kelsey only had 43 yards. He had a touchdown. It wasn't a great performance. The 49ers did a great job holding him down because Fred Warner is amazing. So for that reason, it's really hard to pick him here. So instead, I'm going to tell you why I think you'll have a better game against the 49ers this time and go for over 100 yards. So here's the thing. Fred Warner is great. But he can can literally only be in one spot at a time. If the Chiefs are altering their offense, which I think we all anticipate them to a little bit, go a little bit heavier, get some play action stuff involved, Travis Kelsey might have a little bit more space to work with. I don't think the Chiefs wide receivers are going to scare the 49er secondary. And as smart as they play, it might be hard to find busted coverages. The one guy that can pick apart zones, no matter how good the zone is, is Travis Kelsey. I think he's the safety blanket versus a very good team in coverage. As long as you have enough power. Pass protection. Travis Kelsey is going to eat and get revenge for having a relatively eh game against them in the Super Bowl.
1: Give me Nick Bolton. Uh, I think uh, Kyle Shanahan is just an outstanding play caller. He really does a lot in the middle of the field. He's able to get guys running free in the middle of the field. He's he really does a good job playing on the instincts with the play action. Um, the high highest instincts uh, for the Chiefs uh, at the linebacker position. Uh, reside in Nick Bolton's brain, and um, he's a guy that you know you hear him talk about. He wants to be better in coverage this year. I think this is like one of those games that's going to be fascinating to watch because I, I think you know his instincts will continually just show more and more on the field. But this is a game where you're going to really need it, and I think this is a game where he shows that uh, the, the 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 play ID from Nick Bolton becomes very valuable uh, in the game against the Niners. All right, Matthew guessed the line.
2: Okay, you said it's in San Francisco? Yes. Chiefs by four.
1: Chiefs minus one and a half.
2: Wow. See, what I've realized right now going through these, Vegas is a little bit timid right now of what the Chiefs are going to look like this year. Um... It's so, like I get that, and especially these games that are later on, like this one. I expect to have. The, obviously, they're going to have the most movement because we get the most information. But even right now, if you told me, I'm giving the Chiefs the benefit of the doubt that by the time they play the 49ers, they figured some stuff out a little bit. It's uh, so, like I get it. I get why Vegas is so low on them, but like the trend is definitely there. Vegas not loving the Chiefs this year.
1: You've done a good job guesstimating the line so far at this point, though, Maddie. So, credit right, to that you was there. a big
2: whiff. That that's probably the biggest whiff I think I've had yet.
1: Yeah. You've been on for the rest of them. So, Those are I rough mean, ones.
0: yep. We're going to take a break.
1: Lines. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed.
1: All right. We are continuing our game previews and we just got done with the San Francisco 49ers. The chiefs get a bye week in week eight. And then in week nine on Sunday night football, the Tennessee Titans come in to town What's the quality of the roster for the Tennessee Titans, Matthew? Titans are a weird
2: roster, right? They always are. Every year always. The Titans fans in the YouTube comments yelling at us again this year. Like they they eviscerated us last year. You know, I hope they I find
1: mean- it this time.
2: You know, a little give and take there. Um, But here it is, straight up. I think this Titans roster has slowly trended downward from three years ago when they were on this upswing of being this really feisty, really fun, good team that had all this talent based around, you know, Derek Henry and getting the most out of Ryan Tannehill. But I think they started to take a step back. And, like, the whole thing now is they have a bunch of Mike Vrabel-type guys. They have a bunch of guys that just kind of embody their head coach And if they all work or if it gels together, it works. See the Colts. The Colts are a team that constantly outperform, I think, the talent level of the roster because all the people, all the players are on the same page. If that happens with the Titans, it works. But when you break them down and single everybody out, I don't love the collection of talent. I think there's just, you know their wide receiver room I think has taken a step back without with losing AJ Brown. You know, we don't know what Derrick Henry is going to be. The offensive line coming off injury, the offensive line has taken a step back almost every single year for the past 3 years as guys get older, they lose some guys and they haven't been able to replace them with proven stars yet. Defensively, that secondary is just struggling to find guys to step in and play at a top tier right away. Like it's not bad; none of these players are bad, but I don't know if I see the stars or the stars in the making across this roster. And it's just kind of a collection of guys that work well together is what they're relying on. And I think it's hard to win in the NFL that way anymore.
1: Yeah, I don't know if this is the right right place to say this. this is fine. I I think the quality of this roster is dwindling enough to a point where I don't think that this team. Like I think the window is close. I think that opportunity is close for this football team. They I do have a lot of
2: young guys. I will I will say they have I, a lot of young players though.
1: Yeah, but I just I I think that like the aging core, the see the quarter the ceiling of the quarterback has become very, very clearly defined. And your running back's not getting younger either. And so you look at the totality of this team their identity is built around Derrick Henry who the mileage is starting to show a little bit on Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill's not a good quarterback and you know i like i i don't know if i believe in the that's the epa king to you sir i yeah it's you know i mean yeah our 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 epa king there's there's sectors of football that thought he was the best quarterback in football for some reason it's weird um I think some of these un- I think some of these you know draft picks have maybe I don't know I don't want to say it. I'm not ready to give up on them but I don't know if you're excited about their outlook entirely either so it's like there's just and then just some diff- like Zach Cunningham <laughs> you know like they, they they ate the whole Zach Cunningham contract and I just I don't love it and I think there's a ceiling. I think they're capped. And I don't think that this is a team built to turn over the roster and, you know, develop a new young core. And I don't like the outlook of the young core. There's one player I'm sure we'll talk about that we're probably really hyped about. But, like, I look at the rest of that defense and I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, banging the table for any of them. Uh, Banging on the table for any of them. Uh, What do you think of the quality of the staff, though, Matthew?
2: So this is where I think the big kind of breakdown for this team lies with me is they've lost their offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator over the past couple years, right? And when you're dealing with a team that doesn't have top tier talent, everyone has to be on the same page. You have to kind of be carried by the coaching staff. I think Mike Frabel is capable of doing that. He's a good motivator. He's a relatively good game day coach. And he's good at getting his type of guys getting to try hard. The problem is I don't trust defensive coordinator Shane Bowen. I don't trust offensive coordinator Todd Downing to make everybody play at their best game in, game out, play in, play out. Like that's where I think they're a little weak. Their coordinators aren't bad. They deserve NFL jobs. I don't know if I'm a Titans fan and I'm sitting there and I'm looking at my coordinators. If I'm not hoping that something goes awry so they can't try to improve or take a step up that's probably where I'd be sitting because I love Mike Vrabel as a head coach. I think they have just enough talent on this team. It's just cohesive enough to make it work. But I think the way this team is structured talent-wise and just by the players they've gravitated towards Downing and Bowen have to get this thing going the right direction. I just don't trust them to. I think they make too many mental lapses with some of their game day decisions. I don't know if they are going to be versatile enough or creative enough to really win at the NFL as good as defenses and as good as offenses are anymore.
1: Uh I don't think yeah I didn't like the the stubbornness to the identity probably will come back to bite them and I think it's going to come back to bite them this year. I think the Titans were fake good last year. I think we proved that they were fake good last year when they lost a home playoff game to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um
2: wait a second, is that the barometer for being fake good?
1: No, but a uh, wild card game where yeah, I, okay. There you I, go. There you it's go. not. It's not the Clean same. Clean it up. Clean it. They're up They're not built the same. And the last time I checked, uh, the Titans didn't do something with 13 seconds the game just before. I'm sorry. This just think they threw uh, an interception. I can't, I can't. I can't equate the two. I just. I can't. I'm not. I refuse to equate the two. Um, Arthur Smith allowed enough creativity uh to um to continue to ram their heads up against that brick wall cuz they did it in a variety of ways i don't think that same kind of creativity exists with this offensive coaching staff and i think that's one of the things that has been sorely missed is you know the 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 logical build off of the of the run game some of the creativity with the shifts and motions and all that kind of stuff um i don't think you see that the same way uh, today as you did and so I just I don't I, again I think the wheels are going to start falling off for this for this core that was destined to fail anyway I think uh, new additions though what do you think Matthew
2: right, so I'm going to go through receiver um, he's going to primarily play out of the slot I don't know if he'll be able to replace what A.J. Brown does. Actually, I know for a fact he won't be able to replace what A.J. Brown does, but I think that he's still a really good football player. That's, of course, Kyle Phillips, wide receiver out of UCLA. I think he's going to get a little bit more run on this roster than people think. I think everyone's going to see, I'm assuming the other new addition that you'll talk about here in a minute is my guess, When Traylon Burks, I guess, in case you don't. Kyle Phillips, entirely different skill set, different body type, different player, but I think he's really good. I think he's a guy that can jump into the NFL and immediately have... He said this himself, so it's not me just being silly and comparing him to another white slot receiver, some Hunter Renfro to his game. He's a little hunt; he can come in and immediately be this possession receiver that's open frequently based on his route running and his quickness. I think he actually will provide them a little something that they don't have outside of him. Now, the issue is he is competing with Traylon Burks and Robert Woods, who are essentially slot only wide receivers as well. How do you play them all in the slot? That, that I don't know, but I think he does something a little different than the rest of them that I think they should be able to find a way to use him pretty soon.
1: Yeah, I was, yeah I'm, I'm, I'll was. I'm. go Traylon Burks. It's fine. <laughs>
2: but you can go with whoever you
1: want no, to. No, I, I do want to go. I want to piggyback off the Traylon Burks stuff because everything you just said is valid. Some of these guys that like to operate within the slot and all that kind of stuff, they, they're, they've overhauled the receiver core. They're, they're trying to overhaul the receiver core and it's a little bit different you know, uh, than they've had. It seems like they want Traylon Burks to be the AJ Brown, uh, in some capacity because they want to try to get that big physical guy over the middle of the field, catching footballs and trying to run through defense and all that stuff. That's kind of some of the you know explanation that they gave, um, you know, uh, during the pre uh, during the post draft stuff too. I don't think it's gonna. I don't. I, I'm. I'm dubious. The more and more that we, you know, kind of hear about the Traylon Burks situation to this point, it sounds like it's kind of been rocky with the conditionings and being incapable of finishing practice and asthma and all. You know, all some of these other things. It's just like it's interesting that his his post draft so far hasn't been overly promising. And Traylon Burks is not the same athlete as AJ Brown. <laughs> And like he represents the most size and you know the, the bigger bodied type in that receiver group that Ryan Tannehill is you know really liked in the past and liked throwing to. I'm fascinated to see how this group kind of gels and if it works well for a Ryan Tannehill. Uh, players to watch, Matthew.
2: Uh, I'm gonna have to go with my guy here. Uh, ride or die with him from the get go. We're going with Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle. I love him. I think he's a fantastic player. I, I think he's on a strong upswing of his career. There was, you know, a lot of talking between him and Quentin Spain after that Bengals playoff loss last year, where Jeffrey Simmons was pretty darn good in that game. He just gets better and better. And like we've talked about it, how Chris Jones is kind of on an island as the second best defensive tackle in the NFL right now because Fletcher Cox is getting a little bit older, Damakong Su is getting older. Like all the guys that were Geno Atkins, all these guys that were competing for that DT two spot are getting a little older. DeForest Buckner might be there, but I mean, Simmons is coming. Jeffrey Simmons is coming. He's right there on their heels. And he's the one guy out of all these players that I've mentioned that is clearly getting better year after year. It's like he's on the verge of becoming a dominant interior defensive lineman. If he makes that final step, if he gets to that final Chris Jonesian level step, Aaron Donald, obviously he's not going to get there, but like, you know, he takes that kind of step to where he gets to this dominant level to where teams have to double team them at times teams have no answer that's going to go a long way and let Danico Autry who played amazing for them last year and Harold Landry and Bud Dupree all these guys just tee off because offenses will be forced to give so much attention to Simmons at that point in time like I think if this team wants to take a step forward this year if they want to be a better team not better record but just a better team it's Simmons taking that next step and going from rising star great defensive tackle to one of the absolute elite defensive tackles in the nfl
1: i knew we were gonna get to him like there was no doubt about it that (laughs) one of us was going to be touching on Jeffrey.
2: listen fred warner and jeffrey simmons you're not gonna have me talk about the titans and the 49ers and not mention those two names
1: i'll i'll talk about another guy that's pretty on brand for us harold landry (laughs) pass rusher uh he just signed a massive deal with the tennessee titans to remain with the tennessee titans he is coming off a twelve and a half sack uh, season, I believe the best uh, season of his career. And this is a guy with some real juice off the edge, an actual ability to bend and turn the corner, which is, you know, it's 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 a special ability relative to the rest of the NFL. Like he's got it for sure, always has. Health's been an issue for him in the past, um, but I mean, you saw him build and, and have an outstanding uh, contract year. I'm, I'm expecting to see that continue here. Uh, and I, I think Harold Landry is absolutely a guy to watch off the edge. Uh, I'm Maddie I'll answer. No, I'm the homeless player that would make the Titans better. Um, let's see. I mean, Travis Kelsey is an easy answer. I mean, that's a guy that a, a reliable safety blanket for Ryan Tannehill, a bigger body guy that he's like to throw to. Um, the Titans have learned to use the tight end very well. I don't know if he's the best. I mean, he'd be an interesting fit. Like, I think the Titans would deal with it because, you know, it's Travis Kelsey, but he's not the greatest inline blocker at this age. Like, there's always that. But I think whatever, figured out, who cares? Maybe he's not blocking. Maybe he's playing X. But Travis Kelsey is the reliable option, is the guy that completes this football team if it's not Patrick Mahomes. Yeah,
2: The Chiefs are in a strange spot here with this kind of stuff because like I don't know if they have a lot of great answers for players that make other teams better and that's kind of shows you the state that they're in. Travis, Kelsey, Kelsey is obvious one. The tried and true Joe Tooney makes like 30 other teams in the NFL better. Same thing with Creed Humphrey. I would argue Trey Smith as well. It's like any of those interior offensive linemen, Travis, Kelsey are kind of your go-tos. Um, this is one of the few teams where Justin Reed, I think is better than Armani hooker and he would make them better, but I don't know if that's the best place to go looking through their roster. I, I almost want to say Nick Bolton. Um, because Zach Cunningham is all right, I guess. But yeah. I think Nick Bolton steps in there and I think he would give them a lot of what they wanted Rashawn Evans to be when they drafted him. And it gives you that downhill run-stuffing throwback linebacker that's like the perfect antithesis of Derrick Henry across from. Like, you know, you have the the good running back and then you have the run-stopping linebacker to play long That's a variable long. guy. Yeah, I guess, so I think Nick Bolton would fit in really well for they do. They don't really have much of an issue necessarily stopping the run or being over out physical. But I think Nick Bolton would fit in really well with the rest of them instead of Zach Cunningham. So he's a guy on the short list. Uh, but I mean, it's probably one of the interior offensive line. It's probably Kelsey, then one of the interior offensive linemen. But Nick Bolton's another guy. Just wanted to throw his name into the uh, into the scrum.
1: Or Chad Henney. Uh How does this team beat the Chiefs, Matthew?
2: Jeffrey Simmons has a career game. Bud Dupree, Harold Landry do a lot of what they did last year, where they were getting deep pressure up the arc. The interior offensive line have their hands full with Autry, with Simmons. All this pressure is coming at them. The Chiefs can't really get into their bag, trying to push the ball downfield, much like last year. And then the Titans, you know, get an early lead. Whether it's a couple lucky breaks, whether it's Derrick Henry running all over the Chiefs, like something has to happen to get the Chiefs out in front or the uh, Titans out in front. Let this defensive line start to eat. I think that Titans game was a turning point for the Chiefs offensive line and the way they were gelling with Patrick Mahomes, though. I don't think you're going to get that same thing again. So the Titans would have to be better than they were last year when they played. But I think the kind of game plan would be similar is jumping out to an early lead and relying on that defensive line that does have a fair amount of talent on it.
1: Yeah, things got a snowball, you know, and I think that's one of the things with the Titans is, you know, if they get out to a lead, they put pressure on you and they're going to continue to ram, you know, the ball down your throat and they're going to try to be physical. And I mean, the Chiefs got punked the last time that these two teams played out physicality, you know, the physicality that was kind of at that end of that kind of stretch where you were just like questioning if they had it, if they they had the fastball that year, if they, you know, had the kind of resolve to, to handle what teams were throwing at them. They finally figured it out, but it took a while last year. It took a while last year, Uh, and I think you know the the Titans set the tone with the run game. They're able to to be physical. Uh, Ryan Tannehill doesn't turn the ball over. Good things happen. Non Mahomes Chiefs MVP Matthew, what you got? Listen, this
2: is the height of the Titans slot defenders: five foot nine, five foot ten, five foot ten, five foot ten five foot 11. Okay. Maybe the linebacker is a little bit bigger. Their coverage linebacker and David long five foot 10. They have nobody that has height and length to defend in the slots to defend over the middle of the field. Yeah. We know what that is. That's Travis Kelsey's music. I understand last year, he's a little quiet against them and they might have, you know, a good plan because they do have Kevin Bayard is a very good safety. He can make it a little difficult for Travis Kelsey to find success if he goes into his zone, but he doesn't have to. That's the thing is you want to let Kevin Bayard go shadow Travis. Cause that's fine. I'd live with that. I think Kelsey will beat him eventually one-on-one, but there, that's not how the Titans play. They don't play man coverage. It's a lot of zone. You're going to get a lot of different bodies on Kelsey. And I think as long as the Chiefs are smart and avoid him getting pressed at the line, getting punched in the mouth at the line and let him run into open space against all these short guys with short arms, Roger McCreary ain't stopping Travis Kelsey with them baby arms. Elijah Molden, please like these guys are all tiny dudes. Let your big receivers and then your big tight end go to work. So Kelsey's the most reliable of the bunch. Easy 150 yards in this one.
1: Well, uh, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just go with, uh, Marcus Valdez-Scantling today here. Actually, you no know what? Let's go with Juju Smith-Schuster this time. Actually, no, we'll go. You talk about the smaller guys operating in the middle of the field. The other guy that's going to operate in the middle of the field is Juju Smith-Schuster. And this is a good game for him to to, to kind of have a lot of success and feast in the middle of the field against some of those smaller guys. So, this could be a game in between the numbers. I mean, Caleb Farley is the bigger guy outside. Like, he, you know, he's he's the bigger corner outside. He's the the length. So, I was going to say Marcus Valdez scantling but there's some length outside to challenge out, out there. Let's just keep it along the interior, baby. Let's go with uh, let's go with Juju Smith-Schuster. Both of those guys feast in the middle of the field. Um guess the line. Where's this game, Matt? Is this a home or away? This is a home game on Sunday night football.
2: Ooh. Is the NFL gonna like the Titans again? That's Vegas gonna like the Titans again. Chiefs, three and a half.
1: Chiefs minus five and a half.
2: Okay. See, I'm really off today, but that doesn't make any sense to me. That's uh,
1: I I think it makes perfect sense because I think the Titans are fake good and I think the Chiefs are about You're, to uh, what was
2: the 49ers though?
1: One and a half. Okay, in so in San the, Fran,
2: yeah, in San Fran. So the chief, the 49ers with one and a half in San Fran. So the Chiefs, like the, I don't know, it seems like the, not, the
1: Niners are two points better than the Titans in a neutral site. I think See, that's a hundred percent true.
2: That's the, bold.
1: The Titans, the Titans, I think the two
2: good. teams are relatively similar. And I think that, if I'm gonna I think, be honest, I don't think Ryan Tandle's any good, but I trust him more than I trust Trey Lance right now.
1: I think the Titans are about to regress big time. That's what I think. Maybe. I think it's I a mean,
2: it's just, it's interesting. I didn't, I would not have pegged those two teams being seen that differently. I would have said, if anything, the Titans would be two points more favored in Vegas than the 49ers just looking at the roster, past successes, however things are shaked out. It's like, that's just, it's a surprise. That's all.
1: Yeah, well, I think the Chiefs are winning both of these games and that's all that matters. That is going to do it for the game preview uh, episode this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like the show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, uh, leave comments, tell us what you think. Hopefully the Titans find it. And so they can hear all these wonderful statements that we have to say about their, uh, about their team. Come uh, at Ken that, Swanson, not me. I, that's fine. At I gave Kenan you guys Sports some Said you're than the 49ers. Hey, hate following me. I don't care. We'll catch you later.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.